don't know if you can hear me, so it's spinning again. Should be good now. I feel frozen. I look frozen. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. You're not frozen on my set, though. Oh, so really? Okay. Yeah, you're perfect, actually. Okay. Um, is it recording yet? Yep, it says recording. Well, I I'm, I look frozen on mine, so I'm just gonna go ahead. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're perfect. Actually, you're not lagging at all. Welcome to the Parenting with Confidence podcast. I am your host Teresa Alexander Inman, board certified behavior that you will want to have at hand as you go through, you know, as you work with your child. So, Brendan, welcome again. Absolutely, Teresa. It's great to be here, and always, always great to see you. And and I love the new dress. It's a new it's a new ensemble for the, the <laughs> right. So so to your point around systems, right? Here's something I, I want to send as as a message to parents that I think is important because there's a reason why. Because I, I mentioned briefly last time, why do I only coach my clients as kids? Ah, that's important takeaway. Whether you can afford a coach or not, the message I want to put out to parents, and I know you say this a lot, but maybe not in the context of communication, is kids will never listen to what their parents tell them to do, but they'll always be who their parents are being. So if you are being the person who is exercising, your five-year-old kid's going to sit right next to you and go, I want to do push-ups too, like daddy. Right. If you're the person who is, I don't know, cleaning the dishes every day, you're, you're hardworking, you never complain, your, your little girl's never going to complain because they'll always be who their parents are. They'll never say or do whatever their parents tell them to do. So what does that mean? That means the best way to change the life of your children is to change your own life. So start thinking about, okay, we talked about defending. We talked about the random word exercise. That means when we're good, so random word exercise in summary means you take a word like tissue box, mug, phone, and you create random presentations. Don't just force your kids to do that. Take the initiative and say, hey, throw me a word. Take that leadership. So then when your daughter gives you a funny word and you do it, she goes, wow, you're so good. And then you go, well, you're going to do it too. And that's the key. So it's all about that back and forth, not just going, this is the solution. So I want to point that out. And then having said that, let's jump into the system. So now the question becomes, we, we convince them to join this program. They're working on their communication. They're motivated. They want to be a YouTuber. They want to be some sports athlete, something. Now, how do you coach them to the result? So a couple of things I want to point out for kids. The first thing is the most important thing is not your feedback. It's the feedback from the other kids to each other. What does that mean? So generally in the traditional education system, you have 25, 30 students. And by the way, I'm not hating on the education system. They have a certain budget. They got a, they, it's hard to change. It's very archaic. But the challenge with that model is you're kind of like a number. You don't really get to talk that much. You're kind of just sitting there, even if you want to play outside or do something else. And you have to sit there for 90 minutes. Not easy for a 10-year-old to do. Whereas my model, which I encourage people to just copy, is the group's really tiny. We're talking eight to 10 people. So eight to 10 people. So when somebody gives a presentation or presents, the first thing to do is not me talking. I go last, actually. I have the other kids give each other feedback. So I go, okay, Tim's done presenting. Julia, what feedback do you have for Tim? So a lot of parents might look at it and go like, but they're not coaches, Brendan. And I go, and it doesn't matter. 
Because what you're doing is you're creating an accountability, a forced accountability system, but the kid doesn't know it's forced, a forced accountability system amongst the other kids. So for example, if I'm Julie and I'm seven years old, Teresa, I don't know anything about communication, but I go to John and I go, ah, maybe you could smile more. It doesn't even matter what the feedback goes. I always answer with Julia, that feedback is amazing. You're such a great coach. I always say that. So what happens is Julia starts to get really comfortable giving feedback. But what happens is when she gets comfortable giving feedback, that's the mind trick. She also gets comfortable receiving feedback too. Ah, so what happens is when Julia gets feedback from John, Julia is actually going, oh, you're right. I should smile more. So that when I give the feedback at the end, it feels like the receiving feedback from another kid, not a teacher, because I go last. So that's one of the attributes. There's a lot more, but I'll just pause there. Well, that honestly, my mind is blown. That makes so much sense. You know, I often tell parents, children will learn more from their peers than they will from us. And that's just another example that honestly, I never thought of in which we can do that. And because I also work with the school district, I can actually encourage teachers to have their, you know, other students give the feedback before they do, because that empowers everyone and helps them feel like they're part of, instead of just, I'm on stage and oh my gosh, like, you know, this is what's happening. I'm the target, but everybody's actually listening because they're going to be required to give feedback. You are genius. <laughs> Thanks, Tracy. You're so kind. You're, you're like, you're like awesome. Cause you're, cause you're the actual professional. Cause you're validating a lot of the, the things that I've learned kind of anecdotally through trial and error. I love the languaging that you used, especially, and I have to actually get, take that for myself, which I think is excellent. You're right. We're treating people like targets. Like people feel like targets, whereas when it's like an eight to 10 person group, and obviously I feel for the public school teacher, my sister is actually an English teacher in the public school system, where you're like, yeah, like there's 30 students, it's hard to get feedback from everybody. That's why doing these private little classes with like your local community, you can pick out kids and just do this together. You don't need the education system for that, though it's great that you can encourage the district to do that. So yeah, jump in, please. One thing they could do though, is separate them into pods. And the teacher oh. walk around and, you know, just, you know, oversee the process. But if they do it that way, then they can put your system into use and really get more out of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm a huge proponent. And by the way, I'm sure my system, I'm always happy to say that, there's a lot more iteration to go because my expertise is not in this area. But definitely there's a lot of anecdotal points that we can get the conversation started with that will absolutely drive results. So definitely agree. I think the only thing I would change in your approach is there would need to be multiple facilitators mm -hmm. because as you know, kids are chaotic. So the, the only issue I see with that is if there's three different pods and the teacher is not in the center of each pod, they're just going to do a bunch of random things. There, there is an exception to that rule, though, that won't apply in the traditional model, but that I've implemented in kind of private things where we can pull them out of the education system, is multi-age classrooms. So one thing I do is I have like 14-year-olds leading pods. So we do that model, but we have a, an older kid who's kind of controlling the environment, whereas in the education system, everyone's the same age, so it doesn't work as effectively. But yes, there is ways around that in a way that doesn't require multiple like actual teachers. Yes. So a couple of, I know we're nerding out a little bit, but that's kind of like the way that. Oh, this is cool, this is so awesome. It, and it made me think of the Montessori system. 
right? Where they're Can you educate me? Yeah. in the same different ages in the same class for just that reason, because again, children will learn more from each other than, you know, this parent who, or teacher, it comes off as more punitive sometimes, as opposed to if it's a peer who is giving honest feedback and that they're able to give that same feedback to. I agree. And, and, and uh, guilty is charged, by the way. I think the reason why it works so well when I facilitate is because I look like a kid, let's face it. Like I kind of look like a 15 year old if I really play that role. So, so you're right. I, I definitely think the model works a lot more when it's a 15 year old kind of leading the group versus somebody who's like 35. But obviously it's challenging, right? You kind of have to work through it. Or if you're just a fun-loving adult. <laughs> yeah, fun-loving adult works. I mean, honestly, it does. It does. It's just about like getting that psychology right. So, so that's one piece. But let's go through things that are much simpler. The, there's two other things that are super simple that just people don't do. The biggest problem the education system, Teresa, is you got students are managing eight different presentations, especially when they get to high school at, in the same semester. So it's not like, okay, Teresa, you have to give a history presentation and that's it. You got history, math, gym, science. So you don't see it like, oh, I want to do really well in this presentation. It's like, it's like a chore. Like, shit, I got science this week and math next week. So you're just trying to survive. Not the right approach. So whereas for me, I don't force kids to do more than one presentation, literally. Because the problem, I mean, think about it. If you're eight, nine years old, the last thing I want you to do is think of content three different ways. Right. It's like so stressful when it doesn't have to be. So what I do instead, Teresa, and I'll tell you exactly what I do play by play, is I have the kid pick the topic. Mm -hmm. The most common one I get is their favorite video game. I just go with it, right. right? Yeah, sure, you wanna talk about Minecraft, do it. But then what I do is for like the first six weeks of the process, I have them, I have them for the first two weeks just present the introduction. I, I'll actually tell you the story behind this. So I, I facilitated my first kids group in July of 2020. And I had this beautiful young girl, okay? Super cute, she's like six years old. And she was my hardest client, but also my greatest teacher. And the reason she was my greatest teacher is I said, okay guys, and she's smart. Like she does gratitude journals every day. And she's like five years old, like she's wicked. But obviously it's like my clients as kids. Right? So it's like personal growth parents as children. Yeah. So she's like super advanced. And she asked me like a brilliant question, which was totally legitimate. I was like, okay, guys, we got to prepare a presentation. She raised her hand. I go, yeah, what's up, Julia? She goes, uh, Brendan, what's the presentation? And I go, oh, right. I was like, oh, well, it's introductions and conclusions. She goes, uh, what's an introduction? What's a conclusion? And I was like, shit, how do I? Because it's a valid question. She's six years old. She doesn't know any better. So I was thinking, I had to think really quickly on my feet. And I said, how can I drive an analogy that can make this work? And it was hard. So I thought about it and I thought I couldn't pull it off until I thought about jigsaw puzzles. So I said, and I, by the way, I teach adults the same way now, but I got it from that six-year-old kid. I said, okay, Julia, do you know what jigsaw puzzles are? She goes, yeah, absolutely, I love puzzles. She gets really excited. I go, when you start a puzzle, which pieces do you start with first? And all of the kids know the answer. The corner pieces, Brenda, the edge pieces. And I go, why? And she goes, oh, because they're easier to find in the box. You know, those little tiny pieces. She says in her little squeaky six-year-old voice, but you get it, right? Right? We always learn to do puzzles with the corners. But in communication, we do the opposite. 
we generally start with the middle. So we shove a bunch of content. I don't say this piece to the six-year-old. I'm kind of giving you context now. So you shove a bunch of content, you get to the presentation, you ramble throughout the whole thing, and your last line in the boardroom sounds like this, uh, 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 thanks. So going back to the kid, so what I did with, with, uh, with Julia, I said, present like a jigsaw puzzle. We're not doing presentations, we're doing jigsaw puzzle. So I want you to just start with the corner. Present the first 60 seconds of your jigsaw puzzle. Then do the conclusion, then tackle the middle of the puzzle. And then the analogy landed and I landed home. So what does that mean in the context of our children? That means teach the puzzle method. For the first two weeks of our program, what we do is we have them just present the introduction, just the first 60 seconds. And we have them present it over and over and they do nothing else. And I don't care if it's terrible, I'm gonna clap. Wow, it's amazing, Teresa. It's brilliant. And then the next week she does the same thing and the same thing. And after like week four, she's a badass. Like I'll send you videos after this. It's mental how well these goods are, uh, how good these kids are. And then after what happens and people can just copy paste this. Then we have them do the conclusion. I don't even talk the middle. I don't even talk about that. And then they present the intro, but the conclusion they get much faster. And then after a week and a half, they're really good because it's 60 seconds. And then they tackle the middle. But at this point, they're super confident. So the content, they just figure it out. They just go, yeah, just puzzles. And then they just write out the rest of the content on their own magically. And it just turns to a presentation. And that's how we do it. Wow. That is incredible. You know, and thank you for breaking that down for us so that parents can actually use this because we're giving you this information so you can use it with your child. Um, so please, I just, you know, because, you know, if you could talk to my mom, Renee, you know, back when I was still in, you know, grade school, when I was still at Topcliffe Elementary School, and about all of these things, you know, how she could have helped me and what we could have done. Um, I might have gotten out of my shell a lot sooner <laughs> instead of hiding behind, you know, other people and just things always deflecting. Um, but, you know, I mean, hey, I'm not, I'm a, I've arrived. Okay. <laughs> you have. It, it was a journey. It was quite a journey. And I am thankful to be here. But if there's a child that we can help, you know, while they're still young to hone those skills, you know, like my granddaughter, Isla, she's amazing. And um, those are some things I'm going to be doing with her. You know, I'm going to have her watch this and just, you know, we can just, we can talk about it. And because um, she's got a lot to, she has a YouTube channel. Wow. Yeah, she's, she's just so fun. She calls herself Ice Cream Isla. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just amazing. So, yeah, that is wonderful. And then, too, if, you know, a child has YouTube aspirations, that will also help them present. So not only will it help in school, YouTube, and you know, like this is the new age and parents, Hey, listen, I'm going to encourage you. If you've ever wanted to get out there on social media, use those tips and tools to help you craft your message to um, get out there and then, you know, get a little side hustle going and yeah. <laughs> so that is awesome. 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 So thank you. Is there anything else that you want to add? Absolutely, Teresa. I think what I would say is the reason why I'm a big fan of puzzle 
like now that I've been through kind of the fire of coaching kids, I would say the reason is because five minute presentations are really intimidating for all of us. Mm -hmm. So imagine how intimidating it is for children. Like I know CEO, I mean, obviously most of my clientele these days are like technology CEOs and stuff. They're scared of presenting five minute presentation. They're like 40 years old, (laughs) right? So, so imagine how fearful the kids are, Uh, even if they, they don't express the fear as much, it's still there. Whereas if you do the 60 second version of just the intro, that's easy. It's like you talk for 60 seconds and then you get to make fun of everyone else. Obviously you don't phrase it that way, but you get to give feedback to everyone else and that's it. So the iteration cycle is a lot quicker. Whereas the problem now is you got kids who are doing 10 minute presentations across eight different subjects and it's really depressing. It's like carrying this big boulder around and it doesn't have to be that way. Like, let's just challenge the entire system from bottom up. It's like, wait a second, that doesn't even make sense. Like, let's have them talk about their favorite cupcake recipe and just do 60 seconds of that and and have the other kids celebrate. Because one thing I have the kids do as well that we didn't mention that I'm that I just thought of is the feedback is not just negative so I call this okay I don't say this in the kids program but but let me kind of phrase it for the parents I I call this with my adults the ring of fire and the ring of ice so the ring of fire and let's change the terminology for the kids which I'm making up right now be honest so ring of fire just means which is more intense for the adults is you have to say one negative thing about one's presentation everyone has to say one thing that's bad but ring of ice is used if the if the person doesn't have confidence so instead of saying one negative thing you actually have to say one positive thing but obviously, we never use Ring of Fire with kids. Never do that. So with the kids, it's actually, we'll call it like a Ring of Candy, Ring of Fun. Right? Ring of Fun sounds has a nice tune to it. So it would be like, you know, like somebody presents and every other kid has to say one positive thing that they loved about the presentation. So that way, when they hear it from the other kids, it's way more impactful. So you have, let's say, eight kids. And let's say Julia goes, John, John goes, oh, I like uh, Julia's smile. This person's like, I like donuts. Julia's talking about donuts. And Julia's confidence like blows up. Like she becomes like a CEO badass at like seven years old in like six weeks. And the reason has nothing to do with me, like literally zero. Besides maybe like belief that I'm instilling in her, Mm -hmm. but it's really the positive reinforcement for the other classmates that we don't have nearly as much in the education system Mm -hmm. and that's really the golden kind of key that unlocks a kid's potential is hearing positive reinforcement for other children yes absolutely because you know what they go outside to recess with them they you know they're with them everywhere you know they might you might be their teacher for one subject you know a couple because you know i've noticed today like even in kindergarten children are ch- changing classes i thought oh i thought that was just you know when we got to um you know middle school but there are children in kindergarten and grade one who are changing classes so yeah they but those students go with them they're with them on the playground so they make a greater impact than we would you know, and studies show that if the model looks like you, if it's around your age and, you know, everything, then you're more likely to receive the information from them and it will be more impactful from them. So, yeah, you just use a lot of really great strategies that I know them, but then to put, to apply them the way that you have and the way that you've explained it, it's just awesome to me. Like, I, 
fun. I would not have thought of any of that. <laughs> it's it's trial and error, Trace. No oh, there actually is one last thing that I, I don't know why I missed the ball on this. It's the week 12, the last week of the program. What happens, and we came up with this, like four groups into it or something. We do like once a year, these groups. And the, the idea was do an award show. So basically what happens is in week 12, I put a bow tie on one of the kids becomes the host and all of the parents of their kids come and watch all of the final presentations on zoom so what happens is i I take the best communicator let's say 12 year old and i go you're the host so the the thing starts and the kid let's say their name's noah they go welcome all the parents too right and they start like doing putting on a show all the parents like holy shit and the host has to introduce every speaker so let's get started with Julie. She's only eight years old. She's a master of piano, blah, blah, blah. And everyone give it up. So everyone's clapping and it's like super exciting. And then the Julie's like, I spent three months working on this. I'm going to be the best. And even if they make mistakes, you still clap anyways, as if they gave the best presentation of their life. So that's another flavor that we add into this that really gets kids excited about the outcome. Oh my God, I have to present this in front of like 50 people. And one other thing that I think is more challenging to scale but I think it's worth mentioning on this podcast, I know we're going to the weeds, is don't be shy, especially in the context of the paintings you have there on the wall, Teresa, to let your, the kids express their creativity. Let me give you an example. One of my kids I worked with, her name was Cherry, really smart kid. She's like 20, 12 years old, and she's a piano prodigy. She's like an absolute like queen. She, she does concerts in front of like 800 kids, uh, not kids, excuse me, uh, parents at like symphonies and stuff. Deathly afraid of communication. I, don't, I never understood why because she was really good at piano. And I had trouble because she was really introverted. And I said, how about we do this, Cherry? And, and this is where creativity comes in, right? And then we have to really spend time with the kids. I said, why don't you spend the first minute of your presentation playing us a song on your piano? And she got super excited. She was like, yes. And I say, talk about the history of piano and start with that. So she started with the song, like an actual song. She played the piano in front of the parents. And then she said, pianos are blah, 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 blah. And she was just in it. So there's also room for try your best as educators to try and work our way or weave our way into our child's creativity in in a non-traditional way. So I think it's also important to see what they're passionate about. Maybe it's a painting, maybe it's a drawing, try and weave that into the skill that we want them to master. And that's probably the bonus tip I'd leave you with. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that is wonderful. And that is such great advice. Because again, if you meet children where they are, it's amazing how they'll blossom. Like they'll be, you'll be surprised at the heights that they can get to. And thank you for mentioning those paintings because they were actually made by, they were painted by my son. Um, And like I shared with you, I'm just going to share this because today is his birthday. Um, He is with Jesus right now, but I was going to name him Brendan. And it's just interesting that you booked on his birthday. <laughs> and, you know, so we ended up, you know, his middle name is Brandon. Because um, a friend of mine was like, oh, name him Brandon. Brandon just now, you know, so I just like, okay, fine. So we'll go, instead of Brendan, we'll go Brandon. Not a lot of difference. But yeah, so these are his paintings. And I thought, you know, seeing as you booked on his birthday, I was going to honor him further by putting up his paintings. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you. 
And thank you again for being here and just imparting such knowledge and wisdom to, um, to our audience. I really am grateful for you and maybe hope that we can book another time. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, there's so much with communication, right? So many nuances. Um, today you gave your, your secret sauce and I really appreciate that because not many people want to tell people, you know, exactly how they do things. And oh, yeah. For doing that and I really would like parents to go on and you know get onto your YouTube page and uh, master talk and just learn more you know that he's got so much to give and you can use them for your children and of course like Brandon said if you model the behavior your children will imitate all right we've got something called a mirror gene and we're not going to children are not going to do what you say because it's like well wah, 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 wah. but if they'll do what you do you know, and the example I use, it's like, honey, please don't smoke while you're sitting puffing on cigarette. What do you think your child's going to do? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So thank you so much. And, you know, everything that you say, you know, there's a lot of science behind it. So, and I know you learned it through trial and error, but it is supported in, you know, um, in my field anyway, behavior analysis. So. And I'll take it. <laughs> So thank you so much for that. And I wish you well, and I'll see you again. Absolutely, Teresa. Thanks so much for having me. This was great. Okay.